Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. This is Reset. I'm Esther Yunji Kang in for Sasha Ann Simons. When people experience an unwanted pregnancy, there can be a lot of emotions happening all at once. It can be stressful, especially if they don't know what resources are out there. So some people end up in a crisis pregnancy center, expecting either medication or abortion services. But the thing is, some of those centers don't provide any of those things. In Illinois, there are a hundred of these types of centers, and some state lawmakers are pushing legislation that would allow patients to sue these places if they misrepresent facts or try to interfere with someone seeking abortion care. Let's learn more about this issue from Mawa Iqbal, State House reporter for WBEZ. Mawa, I mentioned that there are almost a hundred crisis pregnancy centers in the state. And some of them don't provide abortion services or similar kinds of care. If that's the case, what services do they provide? Yeah, so they offer, you know, ultrasound screenings, pregnancy testing, STI testing, but only for some STIs, Mm -hmm. um, so particularly gonorrhea and chlamydia. Um, Some of these centers do not offer HIV or AIDS testing. Um, And then they do also offer antibiotics for these STIs. But they also, in addition to some of the medical stuff, they will connect patients to other like social service programs in the area. So like the center that I spoke to in Peoria, they had a um, flyers for people who needed uh, counseling for drug mm-hmm. abuse or mental health issues. And um, they offered parenting classes. So they kind of offer a, a bunch of stuff. The only thing they don't really offer, though, is um, contraceptives or abortion services. So, so they say that they just don't offer, um, you know, the, the pill or, or any um, surgical procedures, nor do they refer for those. Okay, so they don't refer either. Uh, who, who runs these centers? Who are the people behind these centers? They're typically run by the local ministries in the area. So um, they're, you know, like nonprofit Christian ministries, and they rely on donations mm. and donors and gifts from the community. Um, so, so like the center that I went to in Peoria, they have, um, the, you know, that this whole room of like donated baby supplies mm. that, that they stock. And they say it's like all 100% from people who just want to give to the center. And so that's how they're able to provide the services free of charge. But yeah, they're, they're typically run by Christian organizations in the area. Mo, what's it like for people who walk into one of these centers, you know, or even gives them a call? What kind of messaging are they are they hearing? Yes, it's actually interesting. When I was um, sitting down with uh, the people in the Peoria Center and we were about to interview, they actually did get a phone call before um, the interview started from someone asking about uh, mifepristone, so so the um, abortion pill that would end uh, pregnancy. And they kind of told them, you know, we don't offer that here. We don't refer for that here, but you're welcome to come in to be the most informed about all the decisions you have. So so kind of like leaving it a bit open-ended, leaving it a bit vague about like, you know, that they they're, they didn't mention that they are a religious affiliated organization. They just kind of mentioned, we don't do that here, but we have all this other stuff, you know. This, so, so by other stuff, I mean, you know, adoption options or, or parenting options, right? So, so they kind of push those two options more and just sort of leave the abortion option as like a don't do that or or, or instead of doing that, why don't you do these other two options mm-hmm. instead? Um, they did tell me that if someone comes in 
to the center considering an abortion and after they go through, you know, like like pushing the two options of parenting or adoption and they still away from that feeling like I want to get an abortion, they do tell them, you know, uh, um, the nurse practitioner that I spoke with, um, she said that she wants to sit down with them and kind of have them think about, okay, well, you want to you want to have the service right now, but think about where you will be in like five years, right? So like, will you regret this? So, so kind of along the line of like, you may regret later, so really think about it before you do it sort of thing. As we mentioned, uh, some Democratic lawmakers are, are pushing legislation that could allow patients uh, of a CPC to sue if, if they believe that they've been deceived. What can you tell us about this legislation? Basically, there's a House version and a Senate version of the legislation, and it would allow um, if you are a patient that goes to a center and you believe that, you know, you were misrepresented facts. So if, um, you know, for example, you go and they tell you that you're way further along in your pregnancy than you actually are Mm. in an attempt to discourage you from getting an abortion, that could be, you know, grounds for you to sue under this law. Or, um, you know, if you go... And um, they tell you that the risks of you getting an abortion at your stage of pregnancy are very high and that death is imminent. That's also, you know, just like a misrepresentation of facts. So it's pretty much a misrepresentation, but also kind of just a general like steering away or discouraging. One of the researchers I talked to for the story said that when she was uh, researching CPCs, uh, crisis pregnancy centers, and talking to patients who have gone there, many of them said that they felt stigmatized. Um, so when they would bring up, you know, abortions or even contraceptives, they felt sort of stigmatized um, into not, you know, utilizing these services. And so um, the, the lawmakers saying that that could also be considered a penalty under this uh, law. But yeah. So the legislation allows somebody to sue. But how can someone actually prove uh, that they've been deceived? Yeah, so that's actually that that's the sticking point right now. I was um, in a committee hearing yesterday, a Senate committee hearing where they talked about this bill. And it, you know, of course, got very heated, very contentious from both sides. Um, A lot of the Republican lawmakers who uh, were very critical were saying that that was their main thing is like, how would someone be able to prove Mm -hmm. that they've been deceived? Their whole thing was like, you know, if a center goes in and says, you know, we believe that life begins at conception, that's their religious views, would that be considered fraud or would that be considered deception or a misrepresentation of facts? And proponents of the bill, honestly, they didn't really have a solid answer for that yet. Um, they they kind of said, you know, people will still be allowed to have their religious views. The misrepresenting comes when like comes to specific facts about the actual pregnancy. So like if a person comes in and they're told, you know, you are... 10 weeks along when you're actually six, or, you know, uh, if you were to get an abortion now, you have a 99% chance of dying versus Mm -hmm. whatever the other actual chances are, then that that's kind of what the proponent's argument was that, you know, if if it's material facts that are misrepresented, then that would be considered deception. But it it is still, it's pretty, pretty wonky, I would Mm -hmm. say that that that's definitely something I think we will see a further debate on as it moves through the state house. Yeah, I can see why that's a sticking point. Uh, Mawa, for your story, you spoke with someone from uh, Empower Life Center in Peoria. That's the that's a CPC, and and you know what do they think? Do they think that what they're doing is uh, is deception? Yeah, so it's interesting because um, you know when I was getting a tour there, they had a little like staff meeting room, and on like the TV, they're having these like slideshows about like classes they're offering or like services or whatever and one of the slideshows is actually a a prayer like a call to prayer uh for this bill 
to not pass. So, so, so they're very much, you know, keeping an eye on it, hoping it doesn't pass. When I asked them about it, they did say, they were like, you know, we're not worried if it passes because we feel like we're not doing anything wrong. We feel like we're not deceiving anyone. We try to be as upfront about our religious views as possible. And we try to just like tell people, let them know very plainly that we do not do, you know, abortion services or abortion care here. It's really just, you know, because we, we can't do that in good conscience as a religious organization, you know, that this is our stance. And I mean, like when, when you do walk in, you know, I, I will say uh, they, they do have like scripture quotes on the wall and like and, and they have another wall of pamphlets. And a lot of the pamphlets are from area churches for different church programs. So it is like pretty obvious that they are a religious organization. It's just the only thing I will say is on their website, it's not so, you know, in your face. Like on the mm -hmm. website, you do have to scroll down and it says in like very tiny lettering on the bottom, we do not uh, refer for or provide abortions. I want to add another voice to this conversation. Megan Jeifo is the executive director of the Chicago Abortion Fund. That's a nonprofit in the city that helps connect folks seeking abortion care with service providers. Thanks for joining us, Megan. Thanks so much for having me. Megan, you've been listening uh, to our conversation with Mawa, and we were just talking about, you know, the experiences that people have had visiting a CPC. How how common is this? How often do you meet people after they've gone to a CPC? Uh, very regularly. This is something our case managers and our support coordinators and everyone who touches our helpline at the Chicago Abortion Fund um, experiences weekly. Um, and just to kind of go back and address some of what Mawa said specifically about crisis pregnancy centers, or as we like to call them, fake clinics saying, you know, we don't offer that here off the bat in reference to Mifepristone um, on a phone call is 100% because they were being recorded um, because our caller experiences um, indicate exactly the opposite. They are not upfront about um, about what is offered inside of those centers, um, both on the phone, online, before the appointment, how they target Google search ads for mm. abortion, um, and our experiences um, with hundreds of callers point directly to that. Well, Megan, you just mentioned Google search ads, and you know, are people finding the CPCs via Google? How are how are they showing up at these places? Yeah, I think Google is a really big driver um, when you search abortion clinic. There are studies that show, depending on where you're located, depending on who you are, what options come up very, very drastically. Um, Google does have some protections in place now where you'll see does not provide abortions underneath something, um, underneath a search uh, result, for instance. But if you scroll further, those are only for the advertisements. So when you mm. scroll further down, you can still uh, very easily be misled. I mentioned earlier that uh, you are part of the Chicago Abortion Fund, which is a nonprofit here in the city that works to help connect people with abortion care and service providers. How does it feel to see so many people with similar experiences with uh, CPCs? It's really heartbreaking. And I think bringing up the piece in this bill about abortion stigma is really important. And I also want to address the piece about, you know, crisis pregnancy centers or fake clinics having scripture on the walls or, you know, being upfront about being religious. And I want to affirm to people who've had abortions and people considering abortions that being religious does not mean that you're anti-abortion. The majority of people of faith in this country are pro-choice. 67% um, of Catholics, for instance, are pro-choice. So hiding behind, you know, well, we're religious. We say we're religious. There are many faiths um, in our country that are not anti-abortion. And so kind of hiding behind that is... Um, 
is it's hurtful to people. You know, um, people are choosing abortion for many different reasons. And um, hearing the inaccurate gestational age, hearing that you're going to die, hearing that you are more at risk for breast cancer as a result of having an abortion, um, hearing that you know, you're not going to be there for your existing children. It's devastating to people's people's already volatile emotions accessing um, essential health care that is highly politicized and stigmatized in this moment. Mawa, I want to come back to you here. In your piece, you also write that many of these uh, pregnancy centers are not licensed. Tell us more. I spoke with uh, someone at the Illinois Department of Public Health, like like one of their spokespeople, just to kind of confirm and see, like, you know, because when I interviewed them, they said they are licensed. Um, but then when I spoke with them uh, at the Department of Public Health, they said that they don't actually license uh, crisis pregnancy centers because they're not considered healthcare facilities. And so, um, yeah, they technically don't have a medical license with the state. I think because they are listed as nonprofits, they don't need one. Although, you know, like, as we did established and we talked about earlier, they do offer medical services. So, Well, Megan, what do you want listeners to know if they or someone they know uh, experiences uh, an unwanted pregnancy? Are there first steps that they can take? They can visit INeedAnA.com, and that will give them information on the nearest actual abortion clinic close to them, in addition to resources that they can access to um, be able to have that abortion, including financial support and uh, support with navigating insurance coverage, support with transportation, child care, um, hotel stays, transportation. So INeedAnA.com is a great place to go to understand the full available options um, to you in, in, in case you or a loved one is in need of an abortion. And how can they avoid uh, going to a CPC? <laughs> well, their tactics are really, really great. I think it's really important when you go onto a website, you look at the page for abortion. Um, usually on a crisis pregnancy center, uh, it's, a, it's a much darker page. There's a lot of loaded language about um dangers and um, risks, medical risks, emotional risks. We know that the majority of people who have abortions um, do not regret their, the vast, vast majority do not re regret their abortion. And these, um, these websites will tell you exactly the opposite. So make sure you're going to a trusted provider. Um, you can look into, um, again, INeedAnA.com is a, an incredible resource and all people should know that, that it exists. You can also always contact your local abortion fund. Um, most states have abortion funds at this point. Um, and we're at ChicagoAbortionFund.org, of course, if you need support around here. We've been talking with Megan Jifo, Executive Director of the Chicago Abortion Fund, and Mawa Iqbal, State House Reporter for WBEZ. You can read Mawa's story on WBEZ.org. This episode of The Reset Podcast was produced by Micah Yason and edited by Stephanie Kim. You can check out that full story and a lot of other vital local reporting at WBEZ.org. I'm Esther Yunji Kang. Thanks for listening. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. 
Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.